strong and courageous despite the obstacles in our lives. Scotty Kramer is a well-known professional BMX rider. He is known for winning the most X Games medals, nine medals in total. The X Games are a competition for extreme sports. He has made over 14 appearances there. He is also well known on YouTube with over 1.7 million followers. Now that you have heard a little bit about him, I'm going to tell you the biggest obstacle he had ever faced. On October 12, 2016, he was filming a commercial for Monster Energy. On the last trick of the day, he jumped on the edge of a high retaining wall and jumped to the ground below. He landed the trick and was riding away when his front tire hit a pothole. He fell face first into the concrete. He was paralyzed from the neck down, suffered multiple brain bleeds, and part of his skull had to be removed. Doctors didn't know if he would survive or ever walk again. It was the worst crash of his life. He was still alive, but the life that he knew was over. His career was over. He immediately began with something small, focusing on trying to move his foot. And after hours of focus, he was able to move it. After that, his road to recovery began. Countless hours of rehab and strength training, he also had to have his forehead bone replaced. <clears throat> after his accident, he never stopped. He was determined to get back on a bike. And after months of hard work, his determination paid off and he was able to ride his bike again. Although he isn't able to do everything that he did before, he overcame major obstacles while staying strong and courageous. He achieved what doctors thought was impossible. He started a charity called the Road to Recovery Foundation to help other people like him with career-ending injuries. He adopted the slogan, Can't Slow Down. He says he is a better person for having went through this obstacle. He has been able to inspire and help others since his injury. Scotty Kramer was strong and courageous, sort of like Joshua, because he never gave up when he was faced with a huge obstacle. In Joshua chapter 1, Moses has died, and God tells Joshua that he must lead the people. They had already been through so many obstacles. They faced crossing the Red Sea, life in the desert, and lack of food and water. It seemed like they were always grumbling and complaining. They were not always obedient to God's will. Joshua is now faced with a huge responsibility of leading the Israelites to take the promised land. In chapter 1, verses 5 and 6, God says to Joshua, No man shall stand, be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For this people you shall divide as an inheritance to the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Through it all, God was always with them when they were obedient to his will. Disobedience seemed to be their biggest obstacle. In Joshua chapter 7, Joshua sends 3,000 men to attack Ai. The Amorites chase them and kill 36 Israelites. Joshua tears his clothes and lays on the ground facing the ark of the Lord until evening. The Lord tells Joshua to get up and ask, why do you lie on your face? He tells Joshua that Israel has sinned and that someone has stolen some of the accursed things. The people must sanctify themselves or God will not be with them anymore. Achan's sins are discovered. The stolen items were removed from his tent. He and his family and all of his possessions were taken to the Valley of Achor, where they were stoned and burned with fire. Then they piled stones on top of them. After these things are made right with God, they defeat Ai, and God is with them again. God always keeps his promises, and he is always with his children. So why do we, as Christians, have to face so many obstacles in our lives? There is a story based on an old silent film that can help us to understand the answer to this question. One day, a boy notices a cocoon that is starting to open. The boy watches the butterfly struggle. It struggles for a very long time, and the boy feels sorry for it and decides to help the butterfly. He cuts out his knife. He 
He takes out his knife and cuts open the cocoon. The butterfly comes out, but it is very weak. The boy keeps watching it, thinking that it'll soon fly away, but it never happens. What the boy did not realize was when the butterfly struggled inside of the cocoon, it helped the butterfly to grow and develop. It strengthened its, it strengthened its wings, helping it become strong enough to fly. If we were allowed to live without obstacles in our life, we would not be able to function. God gives us challenges to make us stronger. The obstacles that we face in our lives help to shape us into stronger Christians. We can be happy knowing that we do not have to face life's challenges alone. In the same way that God is with Joshua, he is with Christians today when we obey him and keep his commandments. Well, as Michael had said earlier, me and Xander are up here doing our songs and our speeches to prepare for what we're going to be doing in Dallas. And the key theme of Lads to Leaders this year is, comes from Joshua 1.7, being strong and courageous. So when you look at the idea of being strong and courageous, most people think of Joshua, which is making sense because that's where the whole idea of strong and courageous does come from. But they look over a lot of people in the past that did show strength and courage like Noah and jo Joseph and Abraham. A lot of people, when they think of Joshua, they think of Joshua, but they overlook Moses. Moses was the man that Joshua really like looked up, to, looked up to from the Red Sea all the way to up to the Promised Land. Joshua was right there taking note of Moses's pretty much every move. It was his major influence. And then one day, Moses is dead. And then God comes to Joshua and says, you're in charge now. I need you to lead my people. And you put yourself in Joshua's shoes thinking, you know, you're watching Moses, the man you look up to most in your life. And now he's not here anymore. And all his responsibility falls on your shoulders. I'm sure a lot of questions were running through Joshua's mind. Like, what if the people don't take me as their leader? You know, they barely took... Moses as their leader, so why should they take me? You know, what if I'm not good enough? What if I don't do a good job? When God told him that he was in charge, he, he gave him some encouragement. We're looking in Joshua chapter 1, starting in verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you should divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give to them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to the law which Moses my servant commanded you to do. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. There's two major lessons that I take from Joshua. I'm going to talk about those right now. first lesson I learned is to trust in the Lord. All throughout the book of Joshua, we see that God gives commands that 
as humans, we think it doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't make logical human sense that we should do this. The best example that I can think of is the Battle of Jericho. Because God tells the people that in Joshua chapter 6 and verse 3 to do some very difficult things. Not difficult, but not very sensible, at least in our minds. Start at verse 3. You shall march around the city, all you men of war, you shall go around the city once. This you shall do six days. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shout a great shout, and then the wall of the city will fall down flat. And then the people shall go up, every man straight before him. This, in my mind, doesn't make a lot of sense, because how are we supposed to you know, walk around a city, shout and blow trumpets? How's that supposed to make a bunch of very solid walls fall down? That's where the trust comes in. Joshua really had to put his trust in the Lord. So did the rest of the people of Israel. Second lesson is to obey. You've got to obey the Lord after you trust the Lord. Once Israel heard God's plan, they had to do it. They couldn't just trust alone. If they trusted God's plan, but then made their own plan to take the city, like go up and climb over, over ladders, it wouldn't have worked. They would have lost. Chapter 6, we see that in the rest of chapter 6, we see that they did obey. They did do what God had said. And they were victorious because of it. This combination of trust and obedience that won them the battle. If they believed the plan but didn't follow the plan, they wouldn't have come out on top. Same way if you switch it around. If they obeyed the plan but didn't have any faith in it, they probably still would have lost. It takes faith and obedience. Let's look at James chapter 2, start at verse 18. Someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son to the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And faith was, and works faith made perfect? The scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed in God. It was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then, a man is justified by works, not by faith only. As Christians today, we're also given a command by God. We find that in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20, Jesus tells us to go out into all the world, preach to those and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It was the same thing for the apostles when he told them that as it was for Joshua whenever Moses had died. Jesus had left them to do the work. And they had to be strong and courageous just as Joshua was. And he gave them some encouragement when he left. He said, behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. He's also with us. So as we, when we leave here tonight, we go out into the world. We need to be strong and courageous. And we need to trust God and obey God. And we'll be all right.
we have a golden opportunity. We have a golden opportunity tonight, and I, and I hope we don't pass it by. A golden opportunity to encourage, to give a pat on the back, to let them know how much we appreciate them. I'm talking about our young people. Uh, to the boys that were up here tonight, to the young ladies that were uh, leading the service over in the multipurpose building on Wednesday evening. We have a golden opportunity to strengthen them. Let's not let that golden opportunity pass us by. Let's do it tonight. All my life, I have heard this. Young people are the church of the future. In fact, I have a book in my office that the title of the book is Young people are the church of the future. I know what they're meaning, and I know what the book is saying, but I disagree. I believe our young people here at 70 West are the church of today. We need them so very much. Because before you know it, those of us who are serving as elders and deacons, those of us who are serving as ministers and Bible teachers, those of us who are serving as song leaders, those of us who are serving as ministry leaders, one day we'll not be here. And the church will be depending on you. And you need that experience. You need that experience of learning to lead now. That's one of the reasons why I love Lads to Leaders. Back when Jack Zorn had this idea, I got to hear him speak about it. Uh, they had not been doing Lads to Leaders very long at all. And I remember coming back from that meeting and telling Lisa, you know what, Lisa? I think with a little help here, you know, they may get maybe 5,000, maybe 10,000 Kids, well, they get a lot more than that. I was shooting way low. There are so many young people involved in Lads the Leaders from coast to coast, and not just here in this country, but in other countries as well. And they are learning how to be the church of today. Paul wrote a book to a young man. Timothy. Timothy was probably older than you. We're not for sure the age of Timothy, but I would guess probably a little bit older than you. But here's what Paul said. Let no one despise you. Let me rephrase that. Let no one look down on you. Let no one look down on you for your youth because you're young. But set the believers an example. Tonight, you have set an example. Wednesday night, young ladies, you set an example. Set an example in what? In speech. The words you say say so much about you. Timothy, be an example in speech. Young people, 
Be an example in speech, in conduct, how you live your life, in love, in love, Christian love. You know, sometimes it's hard to love people because some people are just not very lovable. But as Christians, we love in faith, strength of faith, in purity, until I come. Timothy, what do you devote yourself to? To the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Young people, you are the church of today. Every generation, the church needs Christians who will step up and serve. I've often wondered for my generation, who did not have last leaders, by the way, I wonder how many of my fellow peers, young people that I grew up with, I wonder how many of them would be Christian leaders today if only we had had lads the leaders back then. To our young people, I give you a pat on the back and a very strong well done. We are proud of you. Tonight, tonight has been super special because we've heard these young people tonight. And Wednesday night was super special because you heard our young ladies do so well. Now, let me remind all of us what it takes to become a Christian. Are you a Christian tonight? Do you believe? Will you repent? Will you confess Jesus? Will you be baptized for the remission of your sins? You know, one of the beauties, Billy, of God's plan, it doesn't take a brain surgeon to figure it out. Even someone as dumb as me can figure it out. Will you become a Christian? Most of us here are Christians. Praise be to God. As a Christian, do you need to seek his forgiveness? Isn't it wonderful we have a God who will forgive us? Because I, I have to tell you, I need forgiveness often. Because I make mistakes, too many mistakes. But I know that my loving God will forgive me the moment I ask him to forgive me. Do you need the church maybe to pray with you and for you? We want to do that. Billy has a song. It's going to be a song to encourage you. Notice the words of the song. And I pray, I pray that if you have any need to respond, that you'll do so as we stand and sing for your encouragement. Break my heart,
you have done an exceptional job. For you who have been with us all day singing, you have done an exceptional job with the exception of the one that I pitched so high that I was so low on that. <clears throat> Sorry about that. By the way, if you like this kind of singing, I've got a place for you, <laughs> July the 10th through the 15th. We're going to do this every day. This will be something you can take advantage of. If you can help us out with camp, there's sign-up sheets in the back. Please, please help us out. All right, how many of you know this song? All right, good. So we know it builds on each other, so every part's important. So uh, if you sing uh, the lead or alto or tenor or bass, sing out. If you don't know where you sing, just get in where you fit in and still sing out. Let's pray. Dear Father, we are so grateful we can be here tonight that we can um, sing songs to praise to you, led by um, what is your church now, Father. We are 
grateful for uh, these young men, their willingness to uh, serve in whatever way they're needed. And 